Welcome to the Andy Staples Show. The first round of the draft is over. It is in the books. We got Scott Dockerman here. We got Ari Wasserman here. Scott's been handing out grades. He's been harsh. He's been mean. He gave the Bears a D. He gave the Lions an F on the Jameer Gibbs pick, which I'm 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 ready to fight on that one because I think I think Jameer Gibbs is gonna be fun with the Lions, but uh it is it, it, it was a very interesting first round, guys. It, we knew Bryce Young was going number one, and then we didn't know what was gonna happen because we didn't know what the Texans were gonna do. And when they picked CJ Stroud, you're like, oh, they fooled everyone. And then two minutes later. They've traded for the third pick, yeah. and they're getting Will Anderson. That was a stroke of genius, man. Because for for the whole week, we thought, okay, they're not taking CJ Stroud. That was what all the uh, you know everybody in our industry was suggesting. And then they took him, and you're thinking, oh man, they're really just struggling with his pick. And then to jump back up and grab Will Anderson is eh, that was. That's everything right there. To me, that's the, the that was the move of the draft, getting Will Anderson and C.J. Stroud. I feel like if I were a Texans fan, like that would be, what's the term? My dad always used to say this, pig and shit. I mean, <laughs> you, 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 uh, you get. Uh, you can go PG-rated happy as a pig and slop, or you can go all the way to pig and shit. Yeah. The pig's yeah, happy yeah. either way. But, like, I mean, think about it. Like, you get the quarterback that arguably has the lowest f- or the highest floor of the mm-hmm. three uh, quarterbacks that were taken in the top four. And then you turn around and get the best defensive player in college football the last two years. Like you want to talk about like nucleus 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 uh, <laughs> to build around and build through. I mean, that's that I mean too. And I'm, I'm always, and I don't know if it's because I lack patience just in general, Scott and Andy, but like, I'm always a proponent of like, forget the future. You get to have future picks. I want these guys now. Uh, and to be able to to build both sides of the ball around guys that, you know, really because like Will Anderson's going to be a culture guy who produces. You know that for a fact. CJ Stroud mm-hmm. is somebody I think is, who's ready to play pretty early on. Um, I, I think that like being a Texans fan would be a very exciting, you know, as a, an NFL fan, you know, the NFL draft is so exciting because it's the promise of the future and things to be excited about. And like you get up, most fans get all geared up and, you know, excited year round to, to watch this thing, and then they end up drafting an offensive guard or something. It's like, oh god, you know, not that they won't help the team, but it's not exciting. Like this is exciting. This is very exciting. And Will Anderson, basically the same person in the Alabama. They played different positions, but the same person in the Alabama locker room that D'Amico Ryan's was when he played at Alabama. So I, I'm excited to see those two working together, and I'm excited to see C.J. Stroud get a chance to run that offense because, you know it. The smoke screening of CJ Stroud kind of pissed me off. Like the whole idea of we we think he's dropping. Here's all these reasons. You got the S two. You got the you know he didn't didn't go to the Manning passing academy, which everybody knew that. Everybody knew that last year. The mm-hmm. S two stuff was new, but it felt like people believed the Texans when they said they weren't going to take a quarterback. And then you had teams that were trying to get C.J. Stroud to drop to them. Well, the Texans fooled you too bad. And now, and now this the, dude's been dragged through the mud for nothing. Did you see C.J. Stroud? Somebody asked him about the S2 uh, in the last few days, and he goes, I'm not a test taker. I'm a football player. And I thought that was like a nice little remix to I don't play school. From I was going to say, yes, yes, exactly. I don't play school. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking Cardale Jones all the way on that one. You yeah, know? the thing the thing with the NFL draft that always irks me, and anybody who's listened to the show uh, knows this, but sometimes I feel like the obvious thing that's out there to do isn't done sometimes because there's so much analysis and so much thinking that you overthink yourself out of the obvious. And like, honestly speaking, Bryce Young goes number one. CJ Stroud was the clear and obvious pick for number two. Right. Um, And that's what happens. And sometimes just taking the easy layup and doing exactly what you're supposed to do is, is really what kind of what gets the results. And, you know, you know, it's really hard to, you know, which quarterback's going to be the best one out of all of them. I mean, I don't know. I don't even know if the teams who drafted these guys know the answer to that question. But, like, when it comes to your position and who's out there, not overthinking it, I think that that deserves – what was the grade? Was that just an A because it's obvious? Or, like, what was your thought process, Scott? On which one? On Stroud? On Stroud, or? yeah. On, on Stroud, I think I gave him a B plus 
uh, just I, I I thought that that was a really good move for them. I mean, it was a questionable move because they seem to be hedging both ways. But then when when they jumped up there, I gave them an A. I mean, I thought, okay, now you've got your defensive pillar and you've got your franchise quarterback within, you know, for a team that really needed some direction. Now they have it at the head coach. You have it at quarterback. You have it at, at edge rusher. Um, Will Anderson's as good as we've seen in a long, long time. I mean, God, I think the 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 stat from uh, PFF was what uh, 134 hurries um, in three years and 62 tackles for loss, which is legit. That's just unreal. So I, I think you're right, Ari. And this some of the things that piss me off about the draft process, and I love it and I hate it at the same time. Is one is I hate the freaking echo chamber that that once everything comes down, everybody starts spewing and just rambling and they're using the same stuff on every player because they heard somebody else say it and I can't stand it. And I hate the the prospect a lot of cases of upside versus production because we've seen these guys play. Uh, we know how good they are. And then it's like magic when it's like, just turn on the tape. Well, no, no shit. We saw that. So, you know, those are the things I, I kind of hate about it, but it is the marriage between the two most popular sports in this country. And that's why we're all riveted every single well, second of it. Speaking of upside versus production, Anthony Richardson went at four, which is higher than I think we thought he'd go. We, we, we figured he'd go bottom part of the top 10, but the Colts who need a quarterback, who've been in quarterback purgatory for the longest time. I mean, Andrew Luck is their guy. He's everything he was advertised to be. Now he has injuries, but when he's healthy, he's absolutely a franchise quarterback. And then he just decides he's done. And if you haven't listened to Zach Kiefer's podcast on Andrew Luck, get get yourself to the Athletic Football Show feed after this and, and download those episodes because it's tremendous. But he leaves – and they just they wander through the quarterback hinterlands. They, they you know they go with the uh, the old Philip Rivers. They go with Carson Wentz, which was a complete disaster. They they go back to the old man well with Matt Ryan. None of that worked. They needed a franchise quarterback, and what they said is, "We will take the guy with the highest upside." <laughs> Production Scott, be damned. Scott, you ever uh, go over to those casinos in Iowa and have some fun? <laughs> yeah, a few times I walked out when I was in college and threw up in the parking lot because I just blew my rent. Uh, but I try to avoid it at certain times. Um, what's the casino that's on the Nebraska border? Uh, it's in Council Bluffs. Uh, yeah, Council Bluffs. One time I went there with Bill Landis and I played video poker and I put 20 bucks in and I got dealt a royal flush. You didn't have to hold any cards. I got dealt it, held all of them. Popped off fifteen hundred bucks in thirteen seconds. It was really awesome. The reason why I bring this up, Scott, is because, like you know me, I'm a gambling temperament. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to the to the draft here, like, and I look at the top four quarterbacks who are taken, I think it goes without saying that Anthony Richardson has the lowest uh, floor. Like, if it goes bad, it's going to go really bad. But I think that if you're the Colts, you go into this eyes wide open understanding that about him. And if you're a Colts fan, you have to understand that this could be Josh Allen or this could be nothing. Mm -hmm. And I like that. I like the intrigue of that. I like the idea that you could end up in three years from now looking back at this draft and being like, how the hell did Anthony Richardson be the last hole four and was the third quarterback off the draft? Look at this guy. I like the the story that that's going to be. I like how long it's going to take for him to develop. I like all the things about it. Like if I'm a Colts fan, you know, outside of the Texans who got two of the best players in college football on both sides of the ball, I don't know if there's a pick that would make me more excited just to be engaged in the entertainment product that is the NFL more so than Anthony Richardson does. He is, I called him the riskiest pick I've ever seen. Did you hear that? You know, so that's uh, you're betting on, on a lot because he was the only power five quarterback in the last three years with at least 300 attempts who completed less than 54% in a season. That well, is the thing that tough. that was interesting to me and Chris Fanini and I were eating lunch a few weeks ago and he told me about the story that he ended up writing about what Dilfer said mm -hmm. and Dilfer said the main metric um, that 
he takes into account when deciding whether or not a quarterback is going to make it in the NFL or trying to project that is how many college starts that that player has had. And there is a correlation between lack of starts and lack of experience in college to um, success in the NFL. And Anthony Richardson obviously was a 13 starts total um, is kind of, you know, it's like you want to talk about risk. The guy hasn't really played all that much football in general, let alone, you know, high level football. So, like, I, I know, I mean, but I think that if you're a Colts fan, you have to go into this understanding that, hey, this might go off the rails, but in the top five, um, it's okay to swing for a 510-foot home run, 510-foot homer. Our pal Max Olson has joined us, and Max, hey what do you think when Anthony Richardson went four? So my brother is a Colts fan, oh. and we were texting about this all day, and kind of just like, hey, what do you want here? Obviously, kind of... Not that much certainty about how like two and three might go, right? I mean, you yeah. kind of could hold out hope a little bit that I don't know, maybe Stroud could fall there. He didn't, obviously. And as the pick was coming up, I was I was nervous for him. And like after all the roller coaster journey we've been on through this whole draft process, I was gonna feel bad for him if it was Will Levis. So when <laughs> and, and so that just was my gut feeling ultimately when it came down to but it, not Richardson. Both both have production issues coming. Out I know, I know. They're yeah. both they're both risky, and for for whatever reason, my gut instinct was fist pump when it was Richardson and not Levis mm-hmm. for him. I, I don't know. I just I, I'm not like I I don't have like my one NFL team that I'm obsessed with and stuff. So I kind of look at this impartially and like. I th- but I think if I were like a Colts fan. I would ultimately be happy with that decision. Well, that's what the football people I talked to. They, they, they did not trash Richardson's production as much as I thought they would. Okay, I expected more of that. And then uh, we, I, the Noah in the chat mentioned this. The the Shane Steichen hire in retrospect was a big tell on what Indianapolis was going to do. Steichen obviously helped make Jalen Hurts a much better quarterback at Philadelphia, and. I'm thinking back to Jalen Hurts in 2016 when he had 13 starts under his belt. Mm-hmm. I would have never imagined what we saw in the Super Bowl from that guy. So it is possible that you can grow up. But the difference is Jalen Hurts then started all of 2017, except for the second half of the national title game. Mm-hmm. Then he saved Alabama's bacon in the SEC championship game in 18 and started a full season in Oklahoma after that. So he had a lot more experience. So the, the question is, will that matter? And, and it's interesting because I still go back to 2021 and think about you know Dan Mullen, who obviously that season did not go well for him. He got fired. But when you saw him and Emory Jones, Anthony Richardson and Emory Jones in spring practice, you didn't at least think about maybe going, think that guy might be more special than the other guy, and maybe I should just build the offense around him. Yeah, yeah, that that one's still <laughs> confusing. And to be clear, I'm not, I'm not, definitely not rooting against Will Levis going forward here. And yeah. I, for for a minute when he when Richardson got picked, I thought about tweeting like, I think Anthony Richardson will have a better career than Will Levis. But I, I you just got to tag old takes exposed. You're going to tweet stuff like that during yeah. the draft, right? Like I just, I just felt has a high backfire chance yeah. to to say something like that tonight. Well, the I thing felt- that's so interesting to me about this Colts pick is, and I guess you can go back and look, but it's like the Colts weren't going to get out of the first round here without drafting a quarterback, right? So it's like no, they had Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, yeah. and uh, um, were already off the board. So it's yeah. like they're taking a quarterback. Anthony Richardson's kind of like it's between him and Will, Ev- Will Levis. And it's mm-hmm. like that's who – If they might have wanted to gamble. They might have wanted to go to Council Bluffs and throw up in the parking lot internally that might have been their preference but now they've got plausible <laughs> deniability to say we had no other options like they have i i think it's set up perfectly for them well, well so the, uh, i was gonna say yeah, i was yeah. on the other i was on the other side of the state for that one on the real side but anyway I'm just <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, the, uh, did you throw up because you lost or because you drank too much were, were you in the i-80 yeah. truck stop no well yeah south of there but yeah there's a pizza uh, in there the the thing is, I, I think when you're yeah, there is now probably, but between Richardson and Levis, that's the path I'd go to is Richardson because you're with Levis. I get this Blaine Gabbert feel um, good quarterback, 
but is he going to be great in the key moments? And I don't know that that's the case. Now, Blaine Gabbard's been a nice journeyman. He's still on a roster. He's still making money and, and doing, you know, backing up Patrick Mahomes. That's not a bad gig right now. But Richard said, yeah, you want to either swing for the fences or try to get hit by a pitch. That's what I felt like between Levis and, and Richard. You're saying it's like that SI cover of who's the pick between Cam Newton, Blaine Gabbert, and Jake Locker? exactly we'll be right back after this message from one of our lovely sponsors guys i'm gonna say something that might be the dumbest thing ever said on this podcast okay a lot of competition let's go it's a it's a this okay because i'm not like a talent evaluator and i don't but mahomes is a freakish athlete right like yes just based on so like outside of mahomes which are the quarterbacks? And again, I might be having a huge brain fart and can't remember it, but what quarterbacks were taken based only on freakish abilities that were hits in the NFL? Josh Allen. And um, well, Cam Mahomes was take, yeah, Mahomes wasn't taken on freakish athletic ability. He was a great thrower in college. He just, yeah, yeah no, I know he, had, he could throw stuff. from every single angle. And, yeah. 5,000 yards in college. Yeah. yeah I'm I saying mean, like this Lamar, maybe? type of pick where like Lamar, was the but most Lamar was a entertaining good and best. Too. Yeah. I think you can make the case that Lamar Jackson's the best college football player of all time. Like, I don't even know like what pick I would compare this to. Is this a Josh Allen comparison? Mm, it's no. closer to Josh Allen than anything else. Probably. Cause like everybody wants to compare this guy to Cam Newton because of the physical traits, but Cam Newton was one of the most productive players so, that we've yeah. seen in he our, in our lifetime. So, like, yeah. so how do you yeah. even compare this? This is like, I, it, this is yeah. a very, yeah. I see Jamarcus yeah. Russell in the chat, but Jamarcus Russell was also an extremely productive mm-hmm. college quarterback at LSU. Right. So he, he, there's no resume. I mean, the, Anthony Richardson is, that's why I call him the biggest, the riskiest quarterback ever because he doesn't have anything there. Again, you know, when you're the only power five quarterback the last three years with 300 attempts and less than 54%, that's, that's, those are horrible numbers. But you look at that, you know, he's more than 6'4, he's 245, he's got huge hands and runs a 443 and could do all this stuff. And any offensive coordinator would say, Give me a chance. Yeah, with this I guy. can do. I can do better than th- those guys did. It's when yeah. you put it in these. Never terms, doubt though. the ego of people to be like, I right. can do better. Right. Yeah. Put it in these terms. What player has or possesses the physical traits that Anthony Richardson has? And it doesn't no even have to be at the quarterback position. Just a freakish athlete for his position that wasn't an insanely productive college player. There is no one. Like, Miles Miles Garrett is probably the freakiest athlete, but Miles Garrett was very productive in college. But the fact that he was able to heart to have these traits and somehow make it through his college career without being a one man joystick is unfathomable. Can, can we? Not, yeah. not, I don't want to like do revisionist history, Andy. Like, why wasn't Anthony Richardson a two year starter? Can you explain that to us? Because Dan Mullen was going to start Emory Jones because Emory Jones had waited his turn. But there was not a mid. I mean, I know there was some games like Alabama that year where he got to play a little bit more. There was he not. Got, he well, he also hurt his hamstring uh, on a long touchdown run against USF early, and that sort of ended the controversy because he couldn't really go. And so, actually, he. I I don't did he get even get in against Alabama? That was one of Emory's better games that year. Oh, was it okay. was was the Alabama game and and they. They actually kept it very close, but yeah, yeah, you know, it, it's it's. Are we forgetting that he was like in transfer rumors before last year? You're right. Oh well, yeah, wasn't that Bama game? I was thinking of a different one. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean that, and that's the thing. It was it's a very like, situation, and then and then they started him at Georgia and or against Georgia, and it felt like it was Mullen saying, "Okay, you asked for this," and then he gets thrown into the most impossible situation ever against the best defense in the world. Oh, it was the it was the Georgia game he got to play in that year a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he started that game. And yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, it was a it was a, an unmitigated disaster right right there at the end of the first half, and just terrible. And it, it's in the I college just, game, though. If you have those traits, usually that's the baseline need to be a stud in college. Doesn't yeah. mean that it projects the. It, you don't usually see this where 
wasn't very productive in college, but then turns out to be one of the greatest players in the NFL. Usually being that productive in college is the given. And then the wild card yeah. is whether or not that translates to the league. Yeah. So that this is like an interesting case study too, of mm-hmm. just what do physical traits actually mean and how much capital moving? Like, I mean, this could be a precedent setting pick either way. Well, Right. Well, and, and we'll see what they do with him. But the, the other guy who we were talking about, for having great athletic traits and, and a big arm and, and and great size was Will Levis. And but it doesn't on, compare to Anthony, does it? No, no. On mm-hmm. Tuesday, though, we had this this random Reddit post. Will Levis is currently plus four thousand to be the first overall pick. Well, ladies and gentlemen, he's telling friends and family Carolina will in fact take him on Thursday. You're welcome. People that bet this down to plus four hundred. He didn't get picked in the first round. He sat there in the green room the entire time, which I would have left. I, yeah, I would I mean, have found you, a bar gonna, and I would have left. If you're going to bet on a first round pick, you should probably trust your sources. I mean, <laughs> if you're going to bet on that, you, you, what, what better than a random Reddit post? That was somebody's second post. It was the GameStop of college football players. GameStop. what it was. It's exactly what it was. This needs its own, like, uh, you know, true life story for the next year or something. We need to make this like a, a huge story next year. Hey, there the was a panic in the group chat. Remember, great. Max? People were just like, oh, my God, this is happening. Like, this is crazy. And they they, they took the gambling lines off the board for an yeah. hour. That's right. And then when it came back on, and I think Bryce Harper, uh, Bryce Harper, Bryce Young was even more of a favorite to go number one than he was before they took it off the board. So, uh, yeah, I mean, but you never know. You know, I got, I got a lot of texts tonight about what are the Lions doing. I assume you guys are, did you guys already hit that? No, uh, not yet. yet. Scott, Scott has some that? thoughts on Jameer yeah. Gibbs. So let's you let's you have the floor, Mister Doctorman. Yeah, this 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 is called the Salty Scott segment. Clear <laughs> <laughs> um, out. He's going ISO. Here we go. All right, all right. Well, I gave them my only F in the first one um, with Jameer Gibbs. And it's not so much that he's going there. It's where he went, number 12 overall. And I'm thinking, you know, this is a team that was 32nd in defense that improved as the season went on. But you've got, you know, they need a three-tech. There's there's Cansey there. You know, there there's Lucas Van Ness there. There's other players there that could help them out. Or corners, Christian Gonzalez. Brian Branch, you know, any of those players could have helped them. And I'm not suggesting that Gibbs is a bad player at all, but I think that he might have lasted all the way through the first round and into the second round, and you could have grabbed him at one of your spots there. And, uh, you know, because, yeah, I do think that they they could be good with David Montgomery and with um, uh, uh, DeAndre yeah, so Swift. DeAndre Swift. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think he could be really good, but I just don't know that um, – Again, you know, a 5'9", 199-pound running back, 12th overall in a league that devalues the running back, you know, unless you're talking about Robinson or Saquon Barkley a few years ago, I just think that's too rich for that blood, especially for the number 32 defense. I've said this a bunch of times. I feel like if a back can play slot receiver for an entire game and be effective, he can be a first-round draft pick. So Bijan and Jameer Gibbs fit that bill. Now – the thing about the Lions, though, is I think they could have gotten probably, like you said, Scott, because they have so many more picks, they would have had a shot to get him later in the draft. Mm-hmm. I don't think you got to take him at 12. Yeah, exactly. That's why I, that's why I have the biggest problem. I mean, yeah, he runs a 4-3-6. You want that. And on, on AstroTurf or whatever the turf they have there, I mean – he's electrifying. And when you throw on the offense that they have, yes, that's great, but but there's also tight ends you can use that can be helpful. I just think that they should have went defense, get Gibbs later on, um, you know, and then, and then the Campbell pick, I mean, this is good. This is kind of weird for me to talk about because I think highly of Jack Campbell and I think he is a culture changer and does a lot of really good things, but I think but they, another guy they, they could have gotten later. Exactly. Yeah. He was projected as a second rounder. And now the bills were, amping to take him around 27 they yeah. were going to take him so they probably got wind of that and why they took it. and i can understand that part a little bit more than the running back but you know probably either one could have been in the 20s they could have traded down but scott did almost do that in our mock that we did 
few months ago? Didn't you almost do? Uh, I feel like you thought about doing Jack Campbell to the Lions when we did it. I did it once, yeah, but I yeah. wasn't going to jump back up to eighteen. But it was like, <laughs> yeah, I think he might be a good fit there, and the, and I know he had a lot of contact the, with him. The Bills, by the way, took Dalton Kincaid, the tight end from Utah, which I think that's a that's savage. A, if you're yeah. Josh Allen, you're like, yes, thank you. But savage. the best part of Dalton Kincaid was he's at home, but he's got all the hats, and he's got a hat guy to hand him the hat. And so he gets picked by the Bills, and hat guys just fumbling around back there looking for the Bills hat. And he's like, I found it. Here you go. Guys, <laughs> he is going to be a fantasy gold mine. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Him do you think Dalton, you just, do you just like do all those on Prime, Andy, and then you just take them back tomorrow morning? Like, what oh, do you, you do with the, the other hats? return the ones you didn't, didn't use 100%. Yeah, yeah so, probably so. Tags are still on him. I didn't see him rip the tag off the Bills hat. So maybe, you know, if, if I think that he might even return three, the Bills hat. <laughs> that's true. He's going to get lots of Bills gear. <laughs> he needs that other one. <laughs> so, what there, one other, okay, well, we got to talk about different draft setups here. Nolan Smith sipping champagne, elite draft party, elite. <laughs> Michael Mayer, who is yet to be drafted. <laughs> Four seats, huge draft party. It's four seats. It, it's uh, you know, mom, mom, dad, and and I think his sister with him, and then everybody else behind. Like, and it looks like the cast of Can't Hardly Wait behind him, behind the couch. Like, do you have more chairs? Could you get more chairs for tomorrow night? Or are we not doing a party tomorrow night? <laughs> Man. Poor Michael Meyer. You know, he just looks so dejected. He's going to be fine. Like He's going to be good in the NFL, too. He's good at every, he's, a, he's a tight end who's good at everything. He's not the best at anything, but he's good at everything. I think he's going to be just fine. So Michael mm-hmm. Mayer is going to be all right. Sam Laporta is going to get picked tomorrow night, too. There actually may be a couple more tight ends that go tomorrow Darnell night. Darnell so. Washington. Darnell Washington. Darnell Washington from Georgia is another yep. one. That's probably great from Oregon State. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, there's Tucker Craft. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's going to be it's going to be tight into Palooza on Friday night. We're talking about freaks, man. Darnell Washington. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned Georgia because I did want to mention that, that essentially the Philadelphia Eagles are recreating the 2021 Georgia defense. Mm-hmm. Like they already had Jordan Davis and Nicobe Dean, yeah. and now they got Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith. Uh, they yeah. won. Yeah, yeah. Take a bow, how Howie yeah. Roseman. I that mean, was, and they could have taken Branch at thirty-two. Like that, they had some like really good options at that thirtieth yeah. pick. That was crazy. Yeah, I mean they, to get both those guys, Carter and and Smith, and God, you know, and the, you throw on that. I mean, they had seventy sacks last year which is part of the reason why I still want to kill the Bears. They had 20, 70 versus 20. Yeah, Scott wants and, to kill the Bears for the Darnell Wright pick. Don't He's saying don't go offensive tackle there. Remember, the Bears had nine traded back, so the Bears could have taken Carter at nine. They traded back to take Darnell Wright, which Ari and I, this is before we started recording, Ari and I were arguing, but d- doesn't Justin Fields need to be protected as well? But, Scott, I, I understand like if you can get Jalen Carter at nine – you, you, that type of player does not fall to nine very often. You've got a defensive-minded head coach in Matt Eberflus, who has said repeatedly his number one player that's the linchpin of his defense is the three-tech. And you've got the best prospect at that position that we've seen in years. And you trade back for one spot, and then you give get a fourth next year. For him, and when he's a guy that's a you know a home wrecker, a game wrecker, everything, and instead you give him to the team that doesn't need him, but now is going to Scott. Listen, would you rather draft a three star or a five star? Just I'm asking you, man to man here. Going with the five star. (laughs) (laughs) Darnell Wright was also a five star, by the way. Darnell Wright was a five star. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. They 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 took the five over the three. Mm -hmm. 
Jalen Carter was a five star. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, who's the other Jordan one that Jordan, Jordan, Jordan Davis? Jordan Davis. Jordan Sorry, Davis. they're the same person in my head. So forgive me. Another teammates. If you can believe it, one is actually much larger than the other. Yeah, and the small one know. weighs three hundred pounds. Andy, so, when we were when we were with uh, Carter a few weeks ago, or uh, months ago now, for the t- championship game, yeah, yeah, he uh, that guy is a savage. I I said I asked him straight up, like if I a million dollars are at stake. Do you think I could get by you one time? Nope. <laughs> I think about the adrenaline. You don't think like well, if no, I had you, a million, could you block him? Could you? Could I block him, him one time? No. Nope. You think like if I knew that if I successfully blocked this man on one rep, I get a million bucks if the adrenaline. You know, like those mothers who pick cars up. He wouldn't even have to try. You're, are you thinking like this is like a Nike? Are you t- pads or like this is like a Nike camp rep? Like, like pros versus Joes. Um, which one's harder? It's harder to block without pads. So I'd want the pads, right? He's going to destroy you anyway. You do it. There's no. There's you don't no think I can? I could harness survive. the mother adrenaline rush of picking up the car to save their child, L- lifting the car off the baby. You don't think I could get any of that? You're just you're just imagining Liv's college being paid for completely, and I would do despicable things for a million dollars. Low man wins. Is that applying this situation? No, this is not. God, what a small dude! Even if Jalen Carter did not get low, he would still knock Ari on his ass. Yeah, those heavy hands across your head, man. I'm not like yeah. I mean, I'm not a small guy though. Experienced an elite head slap? It's something. I don't know what move he's coming, but I'm just saying like the adrenaline push of that rep. (laughs) And he probably wouldn't be all that juiced up. I will give you I'll give you the advice that the late great Mo Collins gave me at one point when I was attempting to block first rounders and not succeeding. Mo Mo had been uh suspend he was a start the starting left tackle at Florida and he'd been suspended for taking something from an agent. And so his punishment was having to play next to me on scout team. And at one point he was so sick of me getting run over and essentially being in a pile behind him that he just turns and he looks at me and goes, Andy, hold your ass off. And so I did. <laughs> I don't know what if that you, means. If, if you held holding, you know, the thing that's illegal. Oh, hold your ass off. Okay, <laughs> yeah. got it. I was thinking about you grabbing your own butt cheeks. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I tried it. Didn't work. <laughs> you could try that against Jalen Carter. Wouldn't work. Yeah. Could you imagine if like that was like a if we could just get him to participate? Somebody said it would be hilarious watching Ari getting uh blown up by him. Like if that was like a bet for, off of a game, like whoever loses would have to drive like if he would participate in one rep, I would do it. I would put a helmet on and shoulder pads and do everything I, I could would I would enjoy guy. watching it because I, I'm just telling you, as a fairly normal human being who's attempted to block first round draft picks before. You don't understand until they're coming at you. I'm just saying if there is a certain level of financial security that could become a windfall for you, that the adrenaline of that potential, it's like, do you think I could run a six minute mile if I knew I could get a million bucks? No. Like, wouldn't you just push through the awfulness of it for 10 minutes? May for six minutes, not for 10 or for six minutes. Yeah. Like I'm saying, like I could never run a six minute mile now. I could never, I could never run a six minute mile now in a million years. But if somebody said, Ari, if you run this mile in six minutes, I'll give you a million bucks. I would run a really fast mile. You know, I think this, the, you running a mile, you running a mile for time might be our, uh, might be our bet for the not doing it. Texas game. That That is what I've been doing a bit this spring running, running miles as fast. What's as your can. mile time? Not good. Not, not going to disclose here. So I've been doing orange theory. Ooh, they, 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 they will test you every once in a while on your mile time. So, um, I, uh, I can do, I could say I could run one lap. So a quarter of a mile at like seven and a half or eight. And I am absolutely toast after that. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've been doing it on the street. I haven't done like the treadmill mile. I'll have to do like a real yeah. treadmill mile and see yeah. where I can come. I, 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 the last time I did it, I did 640. But don't they that think that running on the street that was a lot heavier though? I haven't done it. I have not done that in a while. Now running the street, I think it it's probably easier as long as you've got something to pace you. As long as you got music in your yeah. head, you know, I, 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 you. 
Yeah, you got to have some fast music for sure. But, but it's harder to run on the street than on the treadmill, so I'd assume that your time would be better on the treadmill, right? Uh, it's like it's like running at one percent incline on the tread, but it's not that bad. It's not that not that different. So because of the wind and stuff, though. Maybe we, maybe right. we need to yeah, have the uh, be faster. I think for me, but do we need to have the Andy Staples Show and Friends Decathlon? Yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> Where do we find a javelin? Yeah. <laughs> I'll do the swimming as long as it's in a hot tub. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's any swimming in the decathlon, so that's that's good. I, we do the steeplechase, the steeplechase where we jump over the bars and then land in the water. I always hate that because I always wonder, man, your socks are all wet, your shoes are all wet. Doesn't that suck? It would be terrible. It'd, It'd be terrible. awful. What a terrible event. What's right, the guys, one where you swim and run and uh, triathlon? Triathlon. Triathlon. Very similar words. How about biathlon? Cross country skiing and target shooting. Hmm. So you cross country ski with a rifle strapped to your back and then you target shoot. So while you're skiing, or do you stop and then shoot? You're on skis. While I know, but are you shoot. are you moving while shooting? No, you're not. You're not in motion. Okay, that's pretty badass. Just to think about some guy going down a hill picking off birds while he's on the it's, way it's down. It's basically yeah. how to become a James <laughs> a James Bond villain. Yeah. Well, it's it's how the the Finns defend themselves against the Russians. But. This is a very <laughs> odd podcast. They're in NATO now, so it's, it's all good. I, I do have a draft question for you guys. All right, go for it. Thanks okay. for bringing us back, Max. You got it. You got it. Smooth <laughs> transition there. Um, all right, we had a run of four receivers drafted in a row. Yes, from twenty to twenty-three. Mm-hmm. Jackson Smith and Jigba to Seattle. Quentin yep. Johnson to the Chargers. Zay Flowers to Baltimore, Jordan Addison to Minnesota. If you had to pick one, like remember we had this a few years ago and like Justin Jefferson goes right after Jalen Rager, bit of a difference there. Like if you had to pick one of those guys that you're like sure thing, you know, pro bowl in the next few years, which one is it? So I was going to say Jackson Smith and Jigba. And then I thought about the idea of Jordan Addison being in the same receiving core as Justin Jefferson. Mm -hmm. And they're kind of, it, they're not the same player, obviously, but in terms of just being able to put up massive production, both of them can. Addison didn't as much last year. He wasn't force-fed like he was at Pitt. If if you got to concentrate on Jefferson, they're going to be able to hit Addison every time they want to. But what if it was just you have to pick one of the four and it's for your franchise? Probably Jackson Smith and Jigba. But I, I just the idea of Jordan Addison and, and Justin Jefferson together is pretty terrifying. Jackson Smith, the Jigba and DK Metcalf is pretty cool too. And Tyler Lockett. Yeah. Yeah. Tyler Lockett. Sweet group. I, I I love Zay flowers to the, to the Ravens. I think with Lamar Jackson his the way he runs, how quick he is that you have Odell there too. I think that could be special. Mark Andrews. Mm -hmm. I think I, I think I just, just, you know, throwing in the fit component to it. Now I kind of lean with Addison too, Andy. But yeah, Jason, we also just haven't seen him play in a while. So like, I feel like it's, it's also easy to underestimate how freaking by, good he is. By the way, I, if you play in the AFC West, you better have a big ass corners. Mm-hmm. I'll just say Quentin this. Johnson added to Mike Williams, like added to the Chargers yeah. receiving yeah. core is that they're going to be huge. Jackson Smith and the Jigba is the only person I've ever seen that can change his body motion while in the air or like the direction of his body. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, that's the thing, too. It's just. If it turned out that one of the other three were the, you know, turned out to be Justin Jefferson, then, you know, that's, I don't know. That's hard. Max, I want to, I want to run this by you. Do you ever think you'd see four big 12 line of scrimmage players in the same first round? The, the brand has never been stronger. I mean, it, it's probably Seriously. Brett Yormark, you know, he probably yeah. deserves the credit for that. Um, yeah, pretty, pretty. I mean, imp- super impressive. Um, to, I mean, I think Anton Harrison was one of those guys that you kind of heard some whispers that he might be moving on up here at the at the end of this process. I thought Felix Anadike Zama going to um, the Chiefs was um, was awesome. I mean, good for that kid to yeah. to stay in state like that. Um, you know, it's funny when you talk to like Big Twelve coaches. Um, like Tyree Wilson's a great player, and I'm not going to take anything away from him. They obviously. were more scared of Will McDonald and yeah, Felix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think in terms of 
I mean, I think obviously Tyree checks all the boxes in terms of the measurables um, and, and is a, just a terrific player. But in terms of disruptive pass rushers in the Big 12, yeah. I mean, um, Felix Andikizama and, and, and Will McDonald, um, those guys really got after it these last two years. And uh, so pretty pretty cool for them to – I mean, pretty cool to see it uh, pay off for them. And then, you know, good for, for um, Tyree, obviously, to not – you know, you don't go top – Five, but don't have to deal with much of a slide there too yeah I, and and i think tyree doesn't go in with unrealistic expectations yeah. now plus he's across from max crosby which can't hurt no for sure you know and i think uh for we should all like take a shot or something and celebrate iowa state now ending that 50-year curse Woo, congratulations over, cyclones right. Uh, you know, 143 teams had first rounders since their last one. Three discontinued programs, Canadian school, a no school. It's all out the window since the That's Houston right. Oilers drafted George and Munson back in uh, uh, 1973. So now that's over with and they never have to hear it again. The new streak of having a first rounder every year starts now. I, so. I, as you've noticed, I'm sure, Scott. Um <laughs> <laughs> Will McDonald, Brees Hall, Alan Lazard, all in New York. Yeah, with Rogers, wild. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just need George D. Right. or something to go there. We'll be right back after these words. We've talked draft. Now we need to talk another situation with five quarterbacks. We thought five quarterbacks might go in the first round. Only three went, but you know where they got five quarterbacks now? Alabama's quarterback room. Tyler Buckner. The Notre Dame, he was going to be the backup to Sam Hartman. He entered the transfer portal two days ago. He is now headed to Alabama on Thursday. He announced he's headed to Alabama. Ari, you were hot about this when we were talking about it on the show when he entered the portal, and you said it's absolute madness. Can't believe he'd go, you know, that Alabama will be taking another quarterback. Can't believe he'd be taking a backup from another team. It happened. Why am I the only person who's shocked by this? You're not. I'm not, right? Okay. No, you're not. It is a red flag. And and I I wrote a column about this that, that'll be on The Athletic. If you're listening to this Friday morning, it's up now. If you're watching the live stream, it's not quite up yet. But I have the chip in my head that says, do not predict the end of the Alabama dynasty. Do not say the Alabama dynasty is done. And I don't think the Alabama dynasty is done. But I can say this is a red flag. Because... If if Tommy Reese, who is the new offensive coordinator at Alabama, came from Notre Dame, if he had come and then gotten Tyler Buckner, who was going to be his starter at Notre Dame, or you know, was a situation where Buckner was coming off the injury, which he was injured most of last year, and but he played in the Gator Bowl. But if if Reese had left Notre Dame right, you know, right after the season, gone to Alabama and grabbed Tyler Buckner in the in the previous window. I'm like, oh, that's his ace in the hole. That was his opening day starter in 2022, and he was hurt, but now he's back. Except we just watched Tommy Reese recruit over Tyler Buckner three months ago to take Sam Hartman. That is historically accurate, yes. That does not give me confidence. You know, it's. I'm, I, I was thinking back, and I think I mentioned this to you, Andy. I had a conversation with a, a staffer at an SEC school back in August, and we were talking about the portal and about how far out they advance scout and really think about this stuff. Um, and they mentioned back in August, Alabama was taking a transfer quarterback this offseason, right? Like they they just like were looking at it and they're like, mm, it seems like it probably, and trying to kind of forecast how this stuff was going to go. And I guess you kind of have to ask, like, why didn't they in December, right? Like, if if you're going to, I mean, I I know there's like an order of operations to this, obviously, right, but I, I'm and the timing they, of the OC yeah. hire matters to that. Yeah. But like, I don't I'm know if they you're went into this decision in April. Like, should you have taken one in December? Yeah. Well, but you couldn't take one in December because it took that long for Bill O'Brien to be gone. Because it. Didn't didn't the Patriots OC job have to open? It's funny because everybody knew he was going to be the Patriots OC, yep. but didn't it that job didn't open until the end of the NFL regular season, and then Alabama had to, unlike other years, and I I actually wrote about this too. 
you know, Georgia had Mike Bobo waiting in the wings, much like Nick Saban always had some ridiculously overqualified person waiting in the wings when, when a job opened up. And, you know, Kevin Steele qualifies as that, the new Alabama defensive coordinator. He's worked with Nick Saban on multiple occasions before. But for the OC, they went, they went outside. You know, they talked to, to some different people. They talked to, to Washington's OC. Uh, and then they, they go talk to Tommy Rees. And so they, they were bringing in somebody from outside the family. And yeah, all that stuff was done. All the quarterbacks who were going to move had moved at that point. Now, I, I think they take Eli. Well, it's Holmes funny team. that he brought that up because I was having daydreams of like Alabama starting quarterback DJ. Who we on lay? Yeah. Like, is that like, can you just like fathom that? Ah, just, I was just he daydreaming. He would have been available. He would have been available. Who it's else podcast, would have been? You know? Who, who oh. else would have been available? Devin Leary, Sam Hartman. Devin Leary, right? Exactly. Yeah. Why did you? Why do you not get Sam Hartman then? Now, it makes you believe the Drake. Not maybe not the the dollar figure on the Drake May rumors, but Drake May was once committed to Alabama. Yep. Like it would it would have made sense to at least reach out to somebody. And be like, y- y- you think maybe? I mean, guys, a week a week ago. This was not a secret. They were making a run at Tyler Van Dyke. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Which, that's not Drake May, and that's not Sam Hartman. Like, n- neither Tyler Van Dyke, nor Tyler Buckner, nor any other quarterback that I can think of named Tyler at the moment. Tyler Palco, probably not either. But I, I just don't see that being necessarily a huge upgrade over what you've got. But let's let's hear Nick Saban, because he, he was on with Reese Davis. He was at the draft to to see Will Anderson and to see Bryce Young get picked. So let's let's hear Nick Saban with Reese Davis. Both those guys leaving big shoes to fill for sure, particularly Bryce. And the news came today that you got a quarterback out of the transfer portal and Tyler Buckner from Notre Dame. What went into that decision and what do you think his opportunity is? Well, we wanted to give our quarterbacks in our program every opportunity to win the job uh, in you know, the spring practice. And, you know, we felt like we needed to add some competition in the room. And, you know, Tyler was certainly a guy that, you know, was going to be the starter last year at Notre Dame, got injured, played in the ball game, played very well. So we thought he would add a lot of competition. And we think he's got the right kind of character and attitude to be a, a positive influence on our team. So the unspoken piece of that is after he says, we wanted to give everybody on our roster a chance to win the job in the spring, but nobody won it. They had their chance. Yeah. yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm looking at the two, the 2023 on three transfer portal quarterback rankings. Okay. And I'm sorry if that's offensive, Max, because I know you're the ranking king. But I just was curious <laughs> if you had to guess what he was ranked before anybody transferred. Who? Uh, Tyler Buckner. Tyler Buckner. Yeah. Sorry. Space for a second. On the and on this list, you mean where does he rank among the quarterbacks? The quarterbacks that were in the portal, portal cycle, yeah. Well, they gave him a pretty low grade. They gave him an eighty-seven. I want to say, yeah, uh, it was twenty-two. Yeah, yeah. It's but here, but I think it, uh, let's think about it from Tyler Buckner's perspective. You go in the portal, you take a visit to Alabama. We'd heard. There are some other schools in the mix here, potentially that could offer a starting job, right? Mm-hmm. He he's not canceling those visits and committing to Alabama like on the spot, unless he really likes what they're telling him about his chances of yeah. being the guy there, right? Yeah, I I don't think Nick like, Saban, he wants to get on the field. The kid has not played that much. I don't think Nick Saban promises a job to anyone. No, I don't think it's so. Not either. his mo, but I. It, they probably gave him every indication of you're going to have a really good chance to win this thing. And so if you're Jalen, like as we're recording this, Jalen Milrow and Ty Simpson still on the roster. We've not heard anything about them going to the portal. Eli Holstein and Dylan Lonergan are the freshmen. Don't, I didn't expect them to, to move and didn't really expect them to compete for the starting job either. Even though I texted Ari after Dylan Lonergan series. I'm like, got, got my new favorite Alabama quarterback. So We'll, we'll see how that goes. I, I don't think we're going to get any, you know, any of that coming to fruition for a while. But it is a it is a strange situation because 
Alabama, the rest of the roster is still really, really good. It's still competitive with anybody in the country. The problem now is, and Alabama did this to everyone. They have had seven seasons consecutively of NFL starting quarterbacks as their QB one. Think about that. Mm-hmm. From the moment Jalen, even Hurts, when it went wrong, even when it yes. went wrong, right? Yeah. From the, from the moment <laughs> Jalen Hurts replaced Blake Barnett in Jerry World against USC in the 2016 season opener, they have had an NFL starter as their quarterback. Mm-hmm. Also, Mac Jones and Bryce Young were committed to other schools. Like they went out and got the guys they wanted yes. too. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. And now they've had Drake May flip from them. Like Drake May would be would be the guy now. Had he so happy gone he's to Alabama, not. yeah. Like, and I mean, I don't mean transferred to Alabama. I mean, been signed with them originally there, as intended. Yeah. And so it is a strange situation because they did this to everyone. They raised the level of play so much that you had to have a much better quarterback than you used to have to have in the SEC. I mean, Stetson Bennett was a was a very good quarterback, but he also was surrounded by all that Georgia talent. But you know, he's probably going to be an NFL quarterback. I kind of think you have to have one to win the SEC now. Like LSU, I, I don't. You know, Jaden Daniels, late Arizona State, Jaden Daniels. I wouldn't have said that's an NFL quarterback, but you know, when you look at his freshman year when he had talent around him. And then look at what he what he did toward the end of last season at LSU and and where he's at now. He could be an NFL quarterback. Uh, they like Garrett Nussmeyer a lot. I could okay. Here's a question: Could Garrett Nussmeyer walk into and, and he can't because of the SEC rules? But could Derek, Garrett Nussmeyer walk in and win the Alabama job against all those other guys? That but that's the thing. Like, what are we supposed to think? Uh, it, it probably leads to too much jumping at conclusions here, but like, Joe, what are we supposed uh, to think well, of Milrow and Simpson? Let's play point? the game. Let's play the game. Carson Beck, Brock Vandegrift, Gunnar Stockton, mm-hmm. or the Alabama QB room? Well, you take the Georgia one. Okay. Jane uh, Daniels and Garrett Nussmeyer, or the Alabama QB room? I guess you'd take the. What do you guys think? You think the, Joe, I, wait, 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 wait. Well, the thing that's so hard about this is that, like, I would, if you would have asked me that question a month ago, I would have laughed in your face. So, like, now it's like kind of like, what am because I? The most? Alabama but quarterback. I'm not sitting here thinking time. the Bama yeah. room's a bunch of busts at this point. Either. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, don't know I, I think I would take no. the Alabama. But I think there's, I think they're saying that. Or, well, they're not saying about a whole scene of Lonergan. They're saying it about Milrow and Simpson, though. Mm-hmm. That's not us saying that. That is them, them taking Tyler Buckner. How else are we supposed to interpret that? I think I think we're supposed to take it as they don't feel like Jalen Milrow is where they need him to be. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think that's right. So as Lester Lee just pointed out, Joe Milton and Nico Iamalava were the Alabama QB room. Which, which you get? Which one you got? Milton. This is this is getting very interesting. Is what mm-hmm. I'm saying. Now Alabama is going to have I'm getting sick to my stomach. Great, great edge rushers, and Chris Braswell and Dallas Turner. Jaheim Otis inside on the D-line is going to be a star. They've got Malachi Moore in the secondary. Awesome. Like the defense is going to be real good. Justice Haynes. Mm -hmm. You see him running the other day, fresh and running. I think they're probably going to run the damn ball this year. Hell yeah. (laughs) Uh, I mean, left tackle seems to be an issue, but they could move the right tackle over. Uh, Scott Docterman, you know know the name Caden Proctor very well. He's from Iowa. He looks like a five-year NFL veteran already. <laughs> he like, looked like that at age 15. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Scott Mil- knows. Miller yeah. Cunningham in the chat. Maybe the defense is A++ and the QBs don't look good against them. I would say that, but Bryce Young faced a similar situation last year and was Bryce Young. I don't know that this is Bryce Young. I'm guessing well, what, it's not. What level of does Alabama's quarterback have to be for them to win a national title, though? Like, do you still buy Stetson, that they has to be Stetson Bennett or better? And maybe better than Stetson Bennett because Georgia Georgia's top end might be a little bit better. My number one thing with this question is what's up with Ty Simpson? 
Now he like, did that's get the hurt. one that's confusing to me. He did get hurt in the spring game. Like there's video of it where he he whacks his throw the thumb on his throwing hand on a helmet during a follow through in the first series and then plays through it. So maybe maybe there's something more to that as well. Maybe with that injury, but I, I was told it was not based on any of the ones in the competition being hurt and being out for any length of time. It was just simply more competition in their room. Because when Ty Simpson committed to Alabama, it was the timing of it set up where he would be the heir apparent here now. Except except Jalen Milrow was the backup last year and got to start a game. And I don't know. It it seemed to me watching this. That was before he Milrow played. Yeah. But it seemed to me like 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 Milrow that Milrow was the one that they were gearing toward winning the job. Yeah. But I don't know. It, are are we not to talk in circles here? But like, is it possible we're just like kind of snoozing on Buckner too? Could be. Could be. I he mean, looked, we only got to see three games from him last year. Yeah, he, he was, didn't start as a fresh. I mean, he played in some games as a freshman, yeah. but didn't start. And I don't know. Like it, you're going with a guy you're comfortable with. Obviously, you know the offense. Like I'm not going to sit here and Tommy say like Reed, Tyler Buckner is first team All SEC, but. What is, what's Reeves, the upside here? If Tommy Reese was that confident in Tyler Buckner, why did he recruit Sam Hartman in Notre Dame? That's the hard part. Yeah, that's where that's where I keep hanging up on. Like like I said, if that never happened, I'm like, oh, he's got his guy. He's just he knows he knows the secret because he's seen him at practice, and we didn't get to see him in many games because he got hurt, and he's awesome. But. We've seen him recruit over him now. We've also know that Sam Hartman's pretty awesome. So it may just be they said, here's this guy who has been incredibly productive in a power conference. He's a veteran. He wants to come here. Let's go get him. I think you're talking about two different kinds of quarterbacks, though, in, in some ways. I think Buckner is the type of guy that, hey, if nothing else, he can hand the ball off. He's not going to throw interceptions, and even though he did that a little bit last year, but when he did play. But three least, three, three in the Gator Bowl, but three yeah, touchdown passes, Well, too. yeah, I mean, he, he completed less than 60%, too, well, I mean, in this three games. But I think at least you know that he can start and he's not going to kill you. And then maybe by the time – uh, you get to midseason, maybe one of the other four, you know, steps up and, and becomes somebody who can compete for that job. And if you need somebody with more talent, I don't know. I mean, I'm only speculating because I don't follow Alabama that very closely. But, you know, um, but I would say Tyler Buckner is not necessarily a guy that's going to win you a national title. Well, and that that's the problem is is Alabama raised the bar and then Georgia raised it again. And so now you're sitting there dealing with, with that. They don't play on the regular season schedule, but Alabama's got to get to them, which means they're going to they probably have to beat Tennessee and LSU to do that. LSU definitely maybe maybe have to beat Tennessee. We'll see about that. But you know, it, it's going to be it's going to be very interesting to see because I, it is unusual for me to see this because I, I mean, I just sort of been lulled into the sense of Alabama's always got a guy now. They've always got a guy that they're, and I guess Mac Jones, they weren't entirely sure about, but they were pretty sure going into that, that preseason. This is kind of a funny dynamic that we went before it became pretty clear that Carson Beck was going to be the guy at Georgia. Um, we had Seth Emerson on and we were talking about like, does it really matter who wins the job there? You know what I mean? Because they're, they're all like it's all in place for whoever it is. Tons like, of future probably, Eagles players on the team. Yeah, yeah. Sure. You, you you would have you know probably said the same thing about Alabama, and yet here we are at the end of April, and it's just like holy crap, the sky's falling there. Yeah, and and I don't think the sky is falling. I don't think they're suddenly a bad team, but the expectation of their fans is that they're supposed to compete for the national title. They're supposed to compete for the SEC title, and. I'm guessing Alabama fans right now are kind of like, it's not just, it's not just the quarterback thing. I think that it's the unfamiliarity or the uncomfortable feeling that they haven't felt in a long time that something went wrong there. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I, I don't know that we don't know that it did. 
One of these guys may make well, one of the freshmen may be the guy by the end of this. Like they've done it before. They they went into that USC game in 2016 planning to play Jalen Hurts with an idea that he may never give up the job after you put him in. So it's entirely possible that one of these guys grabs it and is fine and they're fine. But I'd say that the the chances of of there being one of the special like a special one on the roster is that it's one of the freshmen. But you gotta you gotta be willing to give them a chance and also be willing to let them struggle a little bit. And when when you're supposed to compete for the national title all the time, that's hard to do. I'll tell you what, there's uh, there's two teams that have been incredibly spoiled with great elite quarterback play over the last handful of years, uh, Alabama and Ohio state. And what's funny is that Alabama before, um, you know, before the, the recent run, Alabama's last first rounder was Richard Todd in 1976. Mm-hmm. And then now they've had three straights, you know, yeah. uh, first rounders Tua and, and, uh, Bryce Young and Mac Jones and Ohio state is in the same ballpark. They're for, in fact, the Big Ten went 25 years without a first rounder. They had a couple other pretty good quarterbacks in Brady and Breeze and uh, never heard of him. Russell Wilson for a year. But but Ohio State's only other first rounder before Haskins and uh, Fields and now um, Stroud was Art Schleister. You know, so wow. Uh, which uh, I don't know if he was. He, he and Ari he, had something in common. Yeah, I was gonna say if. Uh, hey, hey, you watch your a, mouth, pal. <laughs> if, if they hooked up and I'll rip people off. <laughs> That's you true. Shut your mouth and you <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we both have the same predisposition to entertainment. Yeah, I was gonna say the uh, depths of which we would go to indulge in that are different. <laughs> hang it out. Hang, hang he out thinks he can block Jalen Carter too. Yeah. Hang, yeah. Right. Yeah. Hanging out in Council Tuck. Adrenaline. There. Adrenaline. <laughs> well, gentlemen, <laughs> adrenaline has carried us through, but it is very late. We, we've broken down the draft. We have, uh, we've panicked over Alabama. Maybe we don't need to, but I bet Alabama fans are panicking just a smidge, just a smidge right now. Be honest. It's been a pleasure. Ari, you get to go on your honeymoon finally. You're out. Turks and Caicos, here you come. Mm-hmm. Tarpon, baby. Here you. we go. Let's go. Oh. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll leave yeah. You. I'll, I will leave all of you with that image, <laughs> and we'll talk to you <laughs> on Monday. <laughs>